It's another night of the challenge. I'm really enjoying this season, and we're going to talk about the twist that mm-hmm. came sort of midway through the episode. But first, I'm John Shidley Hill. And I am Sheldon Alexander. And this is You Killed It, the podcast about the challenge, talking about spies, lies, and allies. You might notice I'm sick. Don't worry. I got a COVID test. It's just a head cold, maybe an ear infection. I got to see a doctor still. But I'm going to sound extra sexy today, which is very exciting for everyone. I assume especially for Sheldon. But before we get into who's already shaking his head, that has to be a record for me. Before we talk about the events of this episode, though, I have to point something out. Two things. Okay. Did you notice something about this episode? No. There was music. We had the actual music in Canada. You know what? I did notice that. No, no, no. I did know. I actually did notice that because at one point, the thing that actually tipped me off, I was kind of like, wait, what is this song? And then I saw the key at the bottom. Like the, I shouldn't say key, that's a technical term, but like the the font at the bottom saying like what the song is, right? A bar popped up on the screen saying a song. And I was like, wait a second here. But yeah, no, it's pretty cool. The other thing, I don't know if you noticed this. So I recorded the episode and then watched it last night. This is, we're speaking to each other Thursday morning. I watched the Leafs game and then I watched the challenge because I am a true blue Torontonian and I know where my priorities are mm-hmm. but um, one thing that I noticed as I skipped the ads was that they would there'd be a half second of an ad for the challenge all-stars season two and then they would cut to a Canadian commercial did you notice that I don't oh, know how you this. so do you know why that is then do you know what happened? Because we don't get it here. No, 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 no. For whatever reason, they probably only sent one episode. Like mm. one actual like edit of the show. Because normally, right, there's obviously going to be an American feed that has the real music. And then there'd be a second edit, which I'll, mm. I'm going to tell you guys, as someone in production and the most annoying thing is cutting multiple versions of the same thing. It's the most annoying thing because you finish it once and then you got to go through and like change it all for this different version or whatever. Right. So think about the episodes, how they would normally put it together. You're going to have to cut it one time with the real music and the real songs. But then after that's done, then you got to go back through and swap it out for the crappier music. So just think (laughs) about how annoying that is. Right. Trying to find worse songs (laughs) to then play just because you don't have the rights to Chingy right there. So if you're saying that what I gather is maybe they only cut the one version for whatever reason, who knows? And then that's the version that we ended up getting this week by accident. And then the commercials, you're right. So it's the American version, right? That we would have gotten, but now you got to cut out the American commercials because you're adding in the Canadian commercials that people have paid for ad space on here in Canada. That would be my guess as to what happened. But I didn't notice that with the commercials. But that's a very good catch by you. I'm very proud of myself. Thank you, Sheldon. Um, but you uh, mentioned okay. the Challenge All-Stars. Did you want to? I was going to say, so I think it's going to be the same thing where there's going to be two seasons running at the same time. 
which complicates our lives. We're just going to produce right on air right here, Sheldon. Yeah, I have a very strong thought on this. <laughs> and I'm going to I'm just going to say it. Do please do. I don't care about the Challenge All-Stars. I really wow. don't. And like we did the last season because um the people wanted it. And so obviously there's a world where if the people want it again, cool, we could figure that out and do it like we really can. But we're going to have to really think about this because like your schedule is very busy right now. My schedule is very busy right now. And again, like I don't really care about the challenge all stars. Like it was okay. It was a good time filler because there was no basketball for me to watch every night. <laughs> right. Yeah. But it was, it was okay. But maybe we could figure something out and get it done. And we would do it the same way. As you mentioned, we're producing this live <laughs> talking about this live while we're recording. But if we did it the same way we did it last time, where we waited for the full season of the regular challenge to end, and then we just started going through the challenge all-stars instead of trying to talk about both of them as they air at the same time, which is quite stupid. Um, maybe we could figure something out. I'll yeah. mention this offline. We'll, we'll have an offline conversation about that mm -hmm. but overall like i don't really the the challenge yeah. all-stars didn't really do it for me last time i liked it more than i thought i would but it still wasn't that great yeah I, i'll say one of the so like i saw the trailer on social media mm -hmm. and i was less excited than i was by the first season and i think part of it was there was a lot of people whereas like Oh, like, I haven't seen uh, Nehemiah in, like, a decade. I yeah. haven't seen, like, it was exciting to, like, revisit these people. I haven't mm -hmm. seen Trishel yeah. in ages. Like, but now we're seeing them again. <laughs> right? Like, they're, they're, like, half the cast is returning. Mm -hmm. So that's less exciting. And also, some of the people that are on all stars are young enough to be on the regular season but they're just not good enough to be on the regular season yeah like some of these people are younger than ct who's still <laughs> out there and like the number one draft pick and still crushing it and i know not everyone can be ct mm -hmm. but like nehemiah and wes are good friends Mm -hmm. And like about the same age, Wes can walk onto this season of the challenge. Hold on, is Wes challenge. on All Stars? No, he's oh, not. Okay. But my yeah. point is, he and Nehemiah, I got you, are yeah, like yeah. comparable, right? Like they're peers. Wes would go on the regular challenge, and like crush it. So right? he maybe not crush it would be competitive, right? And like Tyler uh, Duckworth is on the new season of. Um, the challenge all-stars mm -hmm. he was on the same season of the real world as johnny bananas and they made their challenge debut on the same episode <laughs> so why and like tyler people forget this but the infamous johnny bananas backpack mm -hmm. tyler then had to do the same challenge and be attached to ct's back so like they're they're yeah. like johnny bananas and tyler could not be more similar in terms of age Tyler's a better athlete. He was like an Olympic swimmer. So 
like, what are we doing here? Like, Tyler should just be on the regular season of the challenge and, like, see what's up. <laughs> you, know? you know, this kind of, it kind of almost is becoming, like, minor leagues. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. watching the AHL or the, uh, the, uh, um, G League basketball or whatever, you know what I mean? And it's kind of like, like watching an old timers game. Like it's not even the excitement of the new generation. Do you know what it is? It's the big three. So if you yeah. see the big three league, I've turned it on a couple times, and like you know, there's a little bit of a novelty of seeing yesterday's stars still playing a little here, and it's obviously a different format than what the NBA is because it's three on three, it's half court. But that wears off very quickly, right? And I'm not watching that every single week. I'm not watching that every season. I don't even know what season it's in now, but it's still going. But do you know what I mean? Like the novelty, I'll tune in once, but the novelty, as you just mentioned, of seeing these people again, it's like, nah. So, I mean, again, we'll let the people, the people will have a say for sure. Viewers, let us know. Do you want us to... uh do a season of the challenge all-stars after this challenge season of spies, lies, and allies, you know, the people have a say, but I'm going to be honest. We're like, it's going to be much like last time where I'm going to have to be convinced. Okay. And I was convinced last you, time. Like it happened last time. Were, I was convinced. And, and we got into it. Like we found a way and we enjoyed it, mm -hmm. but folks, you got to sell us on it. I yeah. think is what we're saying. Yeah. I don't even know who's on it. There's some people who I, I was totally unfamiliar with. There, again, there's like a lot of people that are coming back. Derek is coming back. Latarian's coming back. Yeah. Uh, Katie is coming back. I mentioned Tyler Duckworth. Kohada, who again, okay. like, <laughs> yeah. had like previously like been involved with Nani. Like, these are the peers of people that are still on... <laughs> The regular challenge yeah and they're not all stars yeah right they're just like random people who are on the show that aren't good enough to be on the challenge but anyways. yeah pretty much yeah we'll discuss we'll discuss um you mentioned johnny bananas though and maybe before we get i know there's a lot to talk about in this episode but i feel like the tangent yeah. will probably come now because there's another yeah. one i'll save because i feel like it'll come up during the episode but uh, you mentioned Johnny Bananas, and did you notice someone sent me a message that Johnny Bananas and Morgan broke up? Yes. Mm. Many people sent me messages about this because yeah. they know I love the goss, yeah. the hot goss. I mean, I'm surprised it took Johnny Bananas this long to mess that up, to be honest. But, yeah, that's, that's all I'll say. I thought this uh, one, though, would be different because – he they were very calculated in terms of their social media presence right like he came on the show they never talked about her on the show there's a storyline there waiting and never even acknowledged it do you know what i mean so it made it seem like okay taking this one for real this is different you know i so i don't know if you saw this i think it was jay from survivor who is morgan's ex i think so yeah but by all accounts treated her respectfully mm-hmm um, he, I think it was him that tweeted, are you telling me that a 37 year old man who calls himself Johnny bananas and made his money on reality TV turns out not to be a cool guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. It's pretty good. 
It's free. Pretty true. Pretty free. true. I, as someone who, in his personal life, goes by a nickname more than his government name, I felt a little seen. <laughs> okay. Okay. There's lots of places I could take this conversation, but I feel like we should get to the we should get to the episode. <laughs> I actually, there's one other tangent that okay. we have to bring up because there's no way I can segue into it. Last week on You Killed It, mm-hmm. you were unfamiliar with the geometry definition of Fulcrum. And I have to tell you, I've got three members of Fulcrum Gang. A D pints off, <laughs> Shannon McDonald, and okay. Eric. So I just got to give a <laughs> shout out to my peeps in Fulcrum Gang, which is hard to say when you have a cold. But... <laughs> I just want uh, I want you to know, Sheldon, that we're out there. We're just keeping things in these streets, for you. in these streets, <laughs> in these isosceles streets. <laughs> we out here. Oh man, I love this. You know who so much. else is out in these streets? Is Corey, who is real upset that he got thrown into the elimination, and he has revenge on his mind, Sheldon. Mm-hmm. What did I, you think of this? So I find it interesting because, again. Nelson is the calming influence here, talking down Corey, telling him to chill. And, you know, we can't just go two of us against the entire house. It's not going to work. This is an amazing flip (laughs) to witness (laughs) Nelson being the one making sense and calming down Corey. It's, It's interesting, but Nelson's right. You can't go two against everybody. Um, No, especially these two. Exactly. Like, I love Corey. I'm back and forth on Nelson. But, like, they're not the strongest players. Yeah. They they lack. They Mm -hmm. lack in some respects. Yeah. No, for sure. For sure. My question for you, though, going on to the next kind of thing that happens here, why is CT so salty about Amber? I think because he was her partner through the final. Okay. And he knows how much of the load he carried and how little credit she gave him. Ah. Right? Like, throughout... like, And I don't think he's, like, mad mad, but I think that, you know, all her... Everyone's coming for me because I'm the champion and I'm so good. He's yeah, like, yeah. Eh, you also possibly were with the greatest partner of all time. I mean, it is interesting Which, what he said, right? He was kind of like, she's great at running. But that's about it. And I mean, that makes up for a lot of the final, right? And that's what you, he needed as a partner, right? Or in a partner for the final. So, yeah. Well, and he, he was there. Like, she she was, she was there because Fessy made a decision to swap her out for Casey. Mm-hmm. Putting Amber with CT... At this point, I think we can reasonably say one of the best, if not the best, challenge competitor of all time. Yeah. And definitely, at this point, the best male partner that anyone could ask for. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, pretty level-headed, can eat all the gross food, mm-hmm. is good at everything. Like, And, like, just as he's getting back into his, his like, second summer, which is a very Toronto... Uh, concept but his second summer of life Mm -hmm. so like 
I I see where he's coming from because like it felt like Amber didn't so much win as Fessy and Casey made a blunder. CT won, everyone else lost. Hmm. Right? Like not, it, it I, didn't like, feel like I, a it did feel like a strong Amber win. I know what you're saying. I do understand what you're saying. I just you know, I just think she did a lot more than we're giving her credit for. Now she might take a lot more credit, <laughs> right? For it, but like I think she did a lot. I'm not I'm not gonna knock her as much. I felt like CT was almost pretty like flippant of her, you know? And I, I think and again, hey, I'm not in the house to like really know how annoying it was hearing her talk about how great she is all the time and why everyone hates her. So, you know. But they do. They do yeah. hate her. Like she was increasingly unpopular. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a question for you from a, from a produce, put on your producer hat, please. This conversation between Bettina and Priscilla, Mm -hmm. like that wasn't a real life conversation. Like people don't speak to each other that way where they're like, Hey, why don't you tell me what you're fighting for? Like, I, I'm not going to put down their reasons, but like, on a scale of one to 10, how staged was that? How prompted were they? it's definitely a produced conversation, right? Because what you're trying to do here is you're, you're trying to build up characters as the season goes along. You're trying to make the viewer care more about the characters, right? So you're going to have these scenes where you're kind of setting up someone to get to know someone else. So essentially in this conversation, they're playing the role of the viewer asking um, Priscilla, Hey, Tell me a little bit more about yourself. Why should I root for you? Essentially, right? That's what the conversation comes down to. So when it becomes that and and Priscilla's talking about her mom and she's getting really emotional, now as a viewer, we're like, oh, okay. I, I like her a lot more. Like I already liked her because I, I thought she was spicy. She was making moves in the house. But now we get a bit of the backstory to find out more about her and what she's about. I like her even more. So yes, it is definitely a staged conversation, um, but a needed conversation from a storytelling angle because we have to care about the rookies, right? Like we already care about Tori for whatever reason we care about CT. And when I say care, it means like you feel something, right? Even Josh, he might not like Josh, but he makes you feel something with a lot of these yeah. rookies. Still, we're kind of in a position where we don't know that much about them and they've lasted pretty long. And especially when you become the focal point of the episode, meaning you're probably the one going into elimination, right? Because we know the episodes always start with whoever is going to be the main topic of discussion, right? They got to get the viewer more invested in that character. Right. Are you going to be rooting for her to win the challenge, the daily challenge to win um, that elimination round? Because you don't really want it to come down to, okay, well, it's this person that we know versus this other person that uh, I don't really know anything about this person. Yeah. Yeah. That all makes sense to me. I also felt like the next conversation was. At first, I'm like, was this staged? Were they prompted to do this or is Josh just awkward? Because, like, I don't know about how you interact with your male friends. I don't think I've ever asked my friend how their night was 
with their romantic interest. Quite like this. So Josh asks Logan, how's your night with Big T? And they're like, cut to them sharing the top of what I can only assume is the world's largest bunk bed that they both were like, it was like a queen size bunk bed or twin mm-hmm. size bunk bed. Yeah. How awkward is that? I would never do that. <laughs> I'd say like, how are things going? Or like, how's the relationship? But I wouldn't like, Josh framed it in such a sexual way. <laughs> I think that it kind of fits with the entire situation. Yeah. Cause I feel yeah. like the entire situation is awkward. Um, and I know there's in part a language thing, but my line of the episode, I'm giving it up this early on in the pod because Logan discussing his breakup, he says, I only want a little bit of horny. She wants all the horny. (laughs) And I was like, I had to rewind it for a second because it was one of those where I'm paying attention, but wasn't really paying attention. And it's kind of like, wait, did he just say what I thought? rewind oh yeah he did say that okay okay fair enough i mean it makes sense right <laughs> like <laughs> i can't believe that big t strategy of recounting the tale of oedipus to her romantic and sexual partner uh didn't pan out for her <laughs> who knew that that story tale of incest that sigmund <laughs> freud based some of his most groundbreaking theories around uh was maybe a turnoff like i love big t but what was she thinking like why would you in that context why would you bring it up i'm so confused so confused i got nothing i got nothing um oh 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 i do have something though as we go to the next topic or did you want to still talk about big t and logan no, I was ready to move on to okay. Amanda. So Amanda, um, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, obviously, the Amanda and Fessy stuff. There's an update. Yeah. I'm assuming yeah. you've seen because it was all over social media because social media seen. is just hilarious. And I say that it's funny that I just said social media is hilarious. Whereas if you rewind our conversation, maybe 20 minutes ago before we started recording, I was just angry at social media. But, yeah for different reasons it i assume you can guess why. yeah but a reminder of why social media can be funny right or why tv can be funny so fessy and amanda are obviously seeing each other and then fessy is out with Corey, i think at a bar and people start taking pictures of fessy basically like he's going in he's he's putting in some work on another um lovely lady we'll say at this bar and obviously people start posting it on social media and tagging amanda like they're sending amanda (laughs) the the photos of fessy talking to another girl and pressing up on another girl at a bar and amanda because she's amanda and she's awesome posts the pictures and just says like thank you to everyone for sending me this this loser like i should get the direct quote but essentially she's just saying like you know Thank you for sending this to me. Um, this loser's actually been texting me the whole time while this is happening, which makes it even oh, more disgusting. And it's like, oof, yeah. So yeah, sounds like it's done. She said she gave a chance. She gave someone a chance, and yeah, he blew it. Messy fessy, man. Messy fessy. I mean, 
I'm really sorry that this happened to Amanda. Uh, especially in the context of this episode where, you know, she's talking about how hard it's been. She is a nurse. She is a frontline worker who is out there during the worst of the COVID-19 pandemic and a young single mother. Mm -hmm. And like, not that anyone, no one deserves to be treated as Fessy has treated Amanda. And to find out in such a like public way is also brutal. Mm-hmm. But, like, given the added context of how hard her year has been, I really felt for her, right? Like, the timing of this episode and the scene with the messy, fessy news. Yeah. It's like, come on, man. I think, too, though, if you're Amanda, there's part of her that always kind of knew that this was a possibility. Yeah. Right? Just because of, I mean, I don't think she was going in blind to fessy's ways right so you know i kind of think that's uh another interesting uh, subplot of all this um but i also just like the amount of people that were just looking out for her <laughs> right like i thought yeah. that was really funny and then fessy was posting all these things on like his ig stories were just like drake like the sappy drake you know what oh I mean? Like God. the, the of like, course. yeah, the sad, sappy Drake, like Instagram stories. So like he'd have a photo where he's like posing all like cool and like looking mysterious, but it's like sad Drake, like singing emotional Drake, like he's upset. And it's just kind of like, come on, bro. What are you, what are you doing right now? <laughs> oh my God. I'm looking up how old Fessy is. He's 29 years old, old enough to not be doing this. It's a different generation, man. It's a different generation. It is a different generation. Who knew that in like so I'm we're thirty-eight. I don't know why I said I'm. We are thirty-eight. And I don't know what happened in the nine years between us and Fessy's birth. <laughs> but like the younger generation, they have too many feelings, Sheldon, and it is exhausting to see. I'm avoiding the tangent that I wanna go on because it'll be way too long. <laughs> But yeah, okay, actually, fair, you know what? Fair, it's, fair, I, fair. I, I've I've done the tangent before. Yeah, I've definitely done it. It's about consequences and and the next generation not understanding consequences to your actions. Yeah, and so There's something didn't go that. your way. Oh no, something didn't go your way. How can you possibly deal? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I do want to talk about though the flip side, the Amanda stuff, like the actual scene of her talking to her son. Because the other mm-hmm. time when I brought this up and I mentioned that she was on IG live with her friend, Lauren, Lindsay, Lindsay is her name. Um, and it was just cool to see that, right? Because it, it, I wanted to elaborate on the fact of just like, think of that friendship that you're leaving your baby with your best friend while you go on the challenge, right? Like, I know you didn't really get to see enough of their kind of back and forth, but it just reminded me to watching the IG live when the Fessy stuff was first going on and just seeing how funny they were together and like joking around with each other. And she explained, she's like, no, 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 this is like my best friend. Like, think about it. I leave my, I leave my son with her to go on the challenge and blah, 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 blah. Like I owe this woman everything, blah, 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 blah. Right. And so like to actually see it and then to see Amanda break down and to then add on, what you mentioned, right? The year that it's been for her being, you know, a nurse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. I, I also have to say, I'm, 
I can't even imagine the strength of their friendship because there is no one in my life that I would leave my theoretical child with for like six to eight weeks. Mm-hmm. And also, I hope that there's no one that would want to leave their child with me for six to eight weeks. <laughs> I love kids, but I am not ready for that sudden responsibility. Like I need to be eased into that kind of lifestyle. <laughs> oh, well played. Well played. Um, let's get to the daily challenge. That was an interesting dash. one. It was an interesting one. It was, I was, I loved, I liked all of this for a bunch of reasons. Mm-hmm. TJ off the top says it's time for them to adapt. No more pairs. Your man, Ed, is psyched, but I don't think he realize, realizes that, like, it's likely that the vets are going to turn on the rookies again if it's solo dolo, you know? Yeah. Like, it'll yeah. be hunting season on rookies again. Mm-hmm. Um, so what they have to do for Diamond Dash is race down the trail, collect a sledgehammer, mm-hmm. choose an assignment to complete, uh, get a code once you complete the assignment, Use it to open a safe and collect a diamond, and then the rest of the mission will be explained later. Yes. Uh, Josh says he thinks he's going to kill it because he's wired and filled with adrenaline, which is shockingly unaware of him. Like, I've seen people online on, on the Soch praise Josh for owning his emotions. And I will give him credit. Like he is at a point in his life where he can say, yes, I am an emotional person. I'm a sensitive person, which is fine. All well and good. Like good for him that he can own that. But it's amazing to me that he can't see how his emotional nature is a detriment to how he plays the game. And there's some people who can be an emotional person who can like harness their emotions and their energies and like be sort of a head case. But like, like a good example, Smashly is like that, like smash. And she doesn't always pull it off at all, Mm -hmm. but sometimes Ashley really can harness her anger, her upset, her, because she's an emotional person too. And she can make it work for her. Josh hasn't figured out how to do that yet. So I was just, amused i guess that in confessional he's like yeah i'm feeling good about this because like i'm feeling worked up no josh that is that is when you are not on your game (laughs) yeah i mean it's josh right i mean yeah um the thing that i want to ask you though and also ask our listeners did you actually think it was going to be an individual game because yeah i did so for me and this is bad right because we talk about it here. I always watch it from the producer side where I'm thinking like, so I'm trying to sniff out all the twists and turns. Right. And as soon as TJ said, you're no longer competing in pairs and they ran all these confessionals of people being so adamant about like, yes, we get to do this on our own, blah, blah, blah. I was like, wait a second. All he said was you're not running this in pairs anymore. He didn't say that. Mm the rest of it's going to be individuals. So in the back of my mind, I was like, oh, you're going to get put into teams. Mm -hmm. Like I caught that right away. I was wondering if that's just my messed up brain because the reason I love the challenge is the twists and turns and, and TJ throwing us off every chance he gets. So yeah, that's where I was at. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. What do you think of the individual, the options 
Option one was Vision Quest, which was using binoculars to find a code. So... Option two was Fitting In, which was to find a box that fits through a hole. Then mm-hmm. option three was Touch and Go, where you had to scratch the paint off of a board. I definitely wouldn't be doing the scratching. I definitely wouldn't. I also would not be doing the. I'm good. I just had to sneeze, but I paused my recording <laughs> and moved my mic to try to protect you and our listeners. I think I pulled it that off. That is amazing. That's pretty good. Because I didn't hear it. I just kind of saw you and I was like, what just happened? Well played. I sneezed, but I, I held it together. Well played. Well played. Um, I, I also wouldn't want to do the scratching one. That looks terrible. And like Amanda's like, I have nails. I'm like, yeah, for yeah. now. When you're done with this board, like... Yeah, I think I would have tried the binoculars, but it seemed like everyone was struggling with that. So I guess, like, the easier one was to try to fit through the board, but also with the more people that came over, it'd be easier to weed out how many, you know, all the wrong ones, right? Like... Yeah, that's true. So I guess that one was the easiest one or the one that you saw the most people kind of win on, right? Um, mm-hmm. so I thought that was interesting, but I, I really think the, the real breakdown of this whole thing was the picking of the teams. I thought that was the most interesting part of this whole thing because, oh yeah, for sure. Because, okay. So first off, who was the first one through Corey, right? Corey and Nelson. Yeah. It was Nelson was first. Oh, and he did a weird, like <laughs> whole like ceremony. I don't even know what to call it what he did when he like kneeled down and, and so put, yeah, he's trying to make TV. What we call, what we used to say about Johnny bananas all the time, right? He's trying to produce her, you know, he knows this scene is going to get in him making a big deal. me like, ah! as he like kneels before he puts it in spies, lies and allies or whatever he yelled. Um, oh my God. So the teams did Corey and Nelson make a mistake by not being on the same team. That's a great question because at first their logic was sound to me. Like at first when they're like, no, we want to divide and conquer. Like we don't want to be that way. We know we have someone else on the other team that we can Mm. trust. And that's like a veteran move. These rookies are going to be dumb for like splitting up. But then as the teams formed and like people started to go with their friends more, I was like, Oh, you know, no, uh-huh. you it's, it's you sort of want to be on a team where everyone's on the same page. Yeah, and I think Corey's kind of realizing that more and more. But I also think Corey's bigger mistake probably was just how he picked his team, right? Like his team just wasn't good, yeah. <laughs> right? And I think that might be the bigger issue above all. Well, I think it's more how his team picked him. Yeah. Right? Like Kyle specifically joins the team to protect himself and keep an eye on Corey. Like that's not, that's not someone who wants to work with you. That's just someone that like wants to keep you in their line. I also think Kyle's just there to tank their team. Right. Like, I don't think he's probably admitting that straight up, but he's definitely knows or assumes that, you know, um, Devin's not going to throw him in yet. Do you know what I mean? CT's probably not going to throw him in yet, but you know, that's probably his whole angle in trying to just make sure that Corey's team doesn't win. 
so that Corey doesn't get to go at CT or whatever. Like that's what I think uh, Kyle's trying to do. But I honestly think that was the, the worst move um, that Corey made was just the way that he built out his team. It, it wasn't good. Cause as you mentioned, Josh ends up partnering with Casey. Nani's also on that team. Like those are like tight bonds, right? Um, mm-hmm. Ashley and Amanda end up being on the same team. It's basically Corey and Nelson are basically like the only like strong duo, let's say that didn't end up on the same team. Everyone else made sure they were with their like number one. The, the one thing I'd say is Kyle, Devin and CT are all on different teams, Mm -hmm. but I don't think their bond is as strong as Corey and Nelson. And, and I think that bond we know is straight. Um, they're going to be useful to each other until they're not. Do you know what I mean? Whereas I think Corey and Nelson or yeah. Amanda and Ashley, um, Nani and Casey, like they're going into the game together and they're going to ride and come out of the game together. Like they're not going to turn on the, on each other. Whereas we know that Devin, CT and Kyle at some point will turn on each other. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, probably. So what are the teams... So How do you feel... I was just going to say, how do you feel about this becoming a team game? I like it. I always like the team games. I always find that an interesting um, dynamic because, you know, that adds to me like a really good wrinkle into the season in terms of, you know, how do you manage your weakest player? Because your team can be really good but I think CT says it all the time, right? You're only as strong as your weakest person. So then how does your whole team bond and jive and, you know, keep everyone motivated, everyone positive. That's such a huge part of this game where you could be such a huge, strong competitor. But at the end of the day, if you have a weak team or you have a weak team member or your team doesn't communicate and you don't get along well, Hey, you're not going to win. So I, I like I like the team side yeah. of it. I liked it, and I just like the multiple twists. I like that it's unpredictable. We don't really know where it's going. I appreciate that. That's one of the reasons why I like the show. So many twists and turns, so many different angles, and um, it's not. Again, I'll say this again because we've been saying it the last few episodes. I still have no idea who's going to win this season. This season, I don't know who's in yeah. actually in control of the house, right? I don't like, and that's great and as they keep adding these twists and turns well now you're changing up the strategy yet again which we'll get to at the end of the episode because that was another pretty good twist right at the very end so yeah i like it what about you i really like it some of my favorite seasons of the challenge have been team-based like i really liked battle of Mm -hmm. the seasons i really liked cutthroat and i also think that the way it's structured now on this season um, is, you know, I always find that the last, I don't know, the last two or three episodes before the final are always the weakest episodes mm-hmm. of the challenge because, like, it's pretty obvious who's yeah. going to win, right? Like, you're just sort of, like, waiting out the, yeah. the end of it. But to your point, we don't, like we're well past the halfway point of the season. We don't know how it's, who's going to win, how it's going to end. And 
we don't know um, even like who, how long the teams are going to last because they we're going to get to this, but because they'll be able to switch teams, we don't know, you know, like how long these teams will even last for. So there's a lot, there's a lot still up in the air and it just, it makes it more exciting and compelling. So I'm yeah. here for it. No, I'm totally with you. Totally agree. Totally like it. What do you think of the teams themselves? Like how it all broke down? Well, as mentioned, right? Corey's team is super weak. And I think he, like, it kind of happened by accident. Do you know what I mean? And, and then as people started to show up, you know, CT was a lot more calculated, right? Like think about when Big T shows up and CT is pointing at her to go to the other team, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. CT was very calculated about what his team was going to be. Like he was happy to have Ed and Nelson. How did he describe them? Like two uh, well-oiled machines or workhorses. workhorses. That's what it was. I was trying to re remember which cliche he, he used. Right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just the way that his team is constructed. It's a lot better than you look at Corey's team. So Corey, big T Priscilla, Kyle and an injured Logan. Am I missing someone else? Right? Like it's just a like it's just not a good look. Like that's not a strong team at all. It's not an it's not an experienced team either. Um yeah, because it's Emmy. So you have how many rookies? You have Logan as a rookie, you have Priscilla as a rookie, you have Emmy as a rookie, then you have Big T, Kyle, and then Corey. And Kyle and Corey are working at cross purposes. Yes, they like they are, are not yeah. allied. Totally true. And I think that matters, right? Like that's a huge thing because you realize, okay, well, this squad is not going to work at all. Right. Meanwhile. No. And then at the, I was going to say at the same time, you've got the, uh, where are the team names? You've got the, uh, Corey's is, uh, Emerald. Yeah, Corey cell. is a Ruby. CT is a Sapphire. And then the Emerald mm -hmm. is Josh's team, yeah. Which which is the team that won. But if you look at it, they're all allies mm -hmm. anyway, right? Like it's Josh, Casey, mm -hmm. and Nani, who are obviously definitely like a group. But it's also mm -hmm. Devin, who's already allied with Josh. Tori, who Devin gets along mm -hmm. with anyways. And then Emmanuel, who's hitting, like vibing yeah. with Tori. So five vets and one rookie. Yeah. But also that they have the like they're all generally working in the same direction. Yeah. And they're not gonna agree forever, but generally yeah. I think that do. when you look at the Sapphire team though, because I still think that's a really good team, right? Nelson, Ed, C T, Amanda, Ashley, and Bettina. Right? So you have one no, two rookies and Ed and Bettina, but Ed they're both pretty good competitors. Right. Ashley and Amanda are pretty good competitors. And so is Nelson. And obviously CT is CT. So I feel like the two, yeah. the Sapphire team and the Emerald team are pretty legit. It's just Corey for the guy who was there first or second. Sorry. It's weird to me that his team was that bad. Yeah. That's what I got. I agree. <laughs> I mean, I guess it was. I guess it was just the 
sort of what was tough for him is that Emmy and Priscilla were two of the first women to arrive and they both immediately went mm-hmm. to Corey. Yeah. And suddenly your team's not looking yeah. so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right off the hop. So, so what was this then, what was the second part? The second part was that they had actually I'm so glad you asked because it involves a fulcrum. <laughs> They had a balance. They had a beam where there's a cage covering up their diamond. They had to smash cinder blocks and then uh, put the cinder blocks at the other end, you know, making use of the fulcrum to lift the cage and get at their diamond. Um, early on, it looks like the I'm gonna the sapphire. I'm not team, gonna use those names. I'm just saying. I'm going to say CT's team, Josh's team, Corey's team. I, I'm probably going to say red, blue, and green. Sure. The, the blue team looks like they're off to a fast start because Ed, Nelson, and CT are just smashing yeah. cinder blocks. Mm-hmm. But Here we go. I'll, I'll, hold on. I'm going to clear out for you, give you your space, call the <laughs> ISO play, and just let you – talk about how great Devin is okay I'm, I'm gonna start the clock okay go I have to ask Sheldon when you were watching this and Devin had this master stroke <laughs> were you like oh shit I'm gonna hear about no, this I mean I this one I give him credit for right like this one is like this was legit legit on the fly and it's a reason why I like the challenge again it's not all about the biggest strongest fastest Right. It's it's working smarter, not harder. And for Devin to figure that out, it's well played. See, I just got you to praise Devin. So <laughs> Devin basically figures out that it, if you put bigger, heavier chunks of cinder block on top of the of the sort of mesh that they're supposed to feed it through, the weight still obviously mm-hmm. applies using the fulcrum. It lifts it down so everyone can put all the cinder blocks on at the same time because 12 hands are better than just two or four. So suddenly they zip ahead of the blue team. So they make off with the diamond. So I'm going to be honest here. I didn't like that. I think the rules should have been the rules where you had to fit it through, right? Through the holes for it to actually count. That's just my thought. Um, because I don't, I, I think you're almost like defeating the purpose. And like, why not just take the whole cinder block and put it on top, <laughs> right? Like, because then like, what's yeah. the point? Okay, you just got to smash it a little. So what's the barrier? Do you know what I mean? What's the line in terms of how much you have to smash the cinder block? If I just smash it in half, can I put half of it on? What are the rules here? So I think it should have just been what it, or they should have done it to me, what I would assume is as it was intended, which is you have to break the pieces small enough so that they actually fit through the grate or the crate on top, whatever that is, and get into the bucket. Just my thoughts. Just my mm. thoughts. No, that's fair. That's fair. So Emerald team, sorry, green team, because they actually get along, <laughs> they have a picnic to mm-hmm. deliberate about what to do. And early on, 
Um, they're talking, basically focusing on the rookies. And Emmanuel protects his friend Emmy. Mm-hmm. And actually made, like, yes, he, he was pushing an agenda because they're friends and he likes her. But he made, made the fair point that she's such a wild card. Like, she's so explosive yeah. that she is as much a liability as a help. And Devin, I think, made the smart suggestion, because I know it's going to be a women's elimination, that you want to get rid of the strongest player from the other team to weaken those teams so you can start to run the table. If it's going to be a team game, weaken the other teams. Which, again, pretty yep. smart from my oh, guy. Yeah. For my number one crush. Great strategy for sure. And I like, you can see how well that team gets along. They weren't really having an argument, right? There were no arguments being had. Mm -hmm. Um, Even when they were bringing up, let's say, Ashley, they were able to have, uh, you know, give the pluses and negatives in terms of doing that. Um, With that said, though, we get to the deliberation and it was a pretty like, harmless deliberation but i know you're gonna big up Devin again for his work here because basically all he wanted to do was make the women fight and Mm. you know i understand his game plan because it's like hey just put a target on your backs go ahead i'll like charge you guys up Mm -hmm. (laughs) right and i'll let you i'll let you guys kind of just sink yourselves um interesting strategy but i don't really think anyone fell for it i thought everyone was very well very like well-spoken people were very uh polite you know priscilla was i thought the points that priscilla made in terms of hey i'm a rookie wouldn't you rather run the final with me because you don't know what i'm you know that um i'm i'm coming in cold so i wouldn't really know what that feels like as opposed to keeping someone who's won a final i thought that was a good strategy but didn't really work out for her no (laughs) did not did not work out at all um i have to tell you there's something that interested me during the deliberation and again i I want your opinion sort of with the producer hat i feel like something happened involving ashley and amanda that we did not see oh why because they had that scene with Amanda calling mm-hmm. home. And then later, so when we're in the elimination, oh, well, e- even before, in deliberation, Ashley is talking about how much Amanda means yeah. to her. And then, to jump ahead a little bit, Priscilla gets voted in. Priscilla calls down Ashley, mm-hmm. which we're going to talk about for sure. And Ashley starts breaking down before the elimination about how much Amanda means yeah. to her. So I feel like we're missing an element of that storyline. Hmm. Did you pick up on that? or is this I'm just like me? scrolling as I'm listening to you. I'm scrolling Amanda's timeline to see if I, if I missed anything. And I don't really see anything. But I just think that they are. I was getting serious Nelson and Corey vibes. Do you know what I mean? In terms of mm. just how they're rocking with each other in the house and Amanda and Ashley, I think on the last after show, they were talking about just like Amanda was talking about, you know, like that's, they're just great friends, you know? And, and she even said that she's friends with Corey and Nelson outside of the house. And that kind of made her laugh that Nelson was trying to go at her. 
right? Like he was going at her so hard. Um, but no, I just think they're really good friends. And I think it mattered a lot for Ashley because she knew and she talked about it, right? She's been in the house so many different seasons by herself. So to actually have someone that mm-hmm. she cares about and that cares about her, it just matters so much to her. And I think as well, when you see your friend go through what the last year was, you have a even greater appreciation for someone that you already cared about. And maybe that's that's just what it was. I think I think it was just, I don't think we missed something. I think maybe they just didn't tell their story enough, let's say. And maybe that's still coming because, hey, they're both still in the house. Um, was there anything else that stuck out to you in deliberations? Not really. Not really. I mean... Aside from Kyle wearing the wrong color, like he's MC Ren at the first NWA concert? I just don't get Kyle. But, I mean, we'll have time to talk about that because Kyle basically does the same thing every season. So, yeah. <laughs> So let's talk about the lair, the elimination. Priscilla, as I said, got mm-hmm. voted in. TJ, and this is an interesting twist, you get to pick your Which opponent if you voted in. That's a great twist. And this is, again, right when you think you have the show figured out or you know how things are going to get broken down because of the way uh, you know alliances have been made, we'll say, or teams have been made, let's say, they switch it up on you. So as much as it's being switched up on us, the viewer, it's switched up on the challengers as well, because now it's like, okay, do you vote in someone into elimination that you don't like? Do you you know what I mean? Like, how do you even go through that process? Because now, okay, so they put in Priscilla. So the assumption, well, I shouldn't say the assumption. They didn't want Priscilla to win, right? So you throw her in. But now going forward... Do you do that consistently where you're just throwing in someone that you don't like? Because now for sheer vengeance, I mean, you're safe anyways, as the tribunal or whatever they're called now, the agency, the agency, the agency. wrong season, my bad. Um, but at the end of the day, who you choose, it's just a, such a good wrinkle because I'm coming back for vengeance and, and we'll get to like what the decision made from Priscilla or maybe we could talk about it right now. Are we there? Let's talk about it right now. So before we get to who she actually picked, who would you have picked if you were Priscilla? Oh, that's a long pause. I would have picked <laughs> I would have picked Emmy. Oh. Why Emmy? Cuz I think she's beatable. I think that you can look at the competition Mm -hmm. the field of play before you and assume that's a little puzzle based and or strategy based maybe Mm -hmm. more accurately and think who can i beat at this emmy is not a very collected person not a very calm person (laughs) you know maybe because like your goal shouldn't be to make a point your your goal should be to Mm -hmm. win and I think, yeah, I think that's the move. Who would you pick? So this is kind of layered for me because, you know, I respect the heck out of Priscilla because she came in the house and played it like a real one. 
And I mean that by, you know, she wanted the smoke. She is playing to win, not playing to lose. And I appreciate that. The problem is that maybe that viewpoint costs her being in the game because shouldn't she have picked someone who she thought she could beat easier than Ashley? Cause I feel like she could beat mm-hmm. big T um, her yeah. and Bettina are like probably the closest people remaining, like in terms of, or maybe her and big T are close too, but do you know what I mean? Bettina might've been an option for her. Um, big T could have been an option for her. you mentioned Emmy. I just feel like shooting your shot at Ashley. Like I get why you did it and I like it. So I'm kind of on the fence. Do you know what I mean? And I know that's a cop out. I don't like copping out on questions on the pod, but I see both sides of it. Right. Like in my mind, I'm like, yeah, she should have picked someone easier, easier. I'm doing air quotes, but at the same time, I respect that she was going out trying to win. She was taking big shots and knowing that if I take out Ashley, the vets aren't going to try to come for me again or the chances are slim that they try to come for me again because you've now seen me do dirt in two eliminations. Um, So I get it. And above all, I respect you not going in against one of your friends too. Right. So as much as I Mm -hmm. say, Oh, she could have went in against Bettina. I do actually like the fact that she didn't do that. I do. I really liked and respected that she went after the person she dislikes Mm -hmm. the most. Like, I like that she put her money Mm -hmm. where her mouth is. You know, we've seen a lot of rivalries develop. An easy, obvious one is uh, Paul, Polly versus Kyle. Don't remind me though. Polly has never, but Polly has never put himself in against Kyle. He just talks smack. For all his shit talk, he's never actually gone in one-on-one. And like, I like Kyle. Kyle's good TV. Kyle is not a like terrifying prospect in an elimination. And yet Polly has dodged it every time. So I respect Priscilla for being like, Hey, I got a problem with you. Let's sort it out right now. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like I, I I like that that. says more about Polly's whackness than it does about Kyle being some like challenge beast. Um, But point taken for sure. We talk about it all the time. You either want the smoke or you don't want the smoke. And Priscilla wanted the smoke. So I, I give her mad credit for going at Ashley here. This was just a, a difficult challenge, I thought. And one that Ashley would do well in. Because this was about like heart and just not giving up and pushing through, which if you've been on the show for as long as Ashley has, you kind of, uh, you know what that feeling's like when your body's dead tired, but you got to push through to keep going, right? Um, how to handle that pressure. Now, I guess we let's explain the actual challenge because I got I got beef here with this elimination. I got beef. Oh, got okay. Beef. So basically how it worked was you had to dig out tires from the sand, put the tires onto a pole. Once you got your eight tires, they all have different colors. You then got to see a code in which they would flash the colors and that would be the order that you would have to organize your tires into. That pretty much sums it up, yeah? Um, the interesting yeah. part to me was that the two different strategies, Ashley was using her whole body to dig through the sand, whereas Priscilla was trying to save her arms, right, for lifting the tires, she was using her legs 
to try to dig and find the tires. Uh, didn't really work out for her. She was pretty much behind for the majority of the entire uh, process there. But what did you think before I get on to my little tangent here? What did you think of the the this challenge or elimination? I should say. Uh, well, what what was interesting to me was Ashley. I mean, you touch on it. Came up with the technique. She would use her whole body to push mm-hmm. off the mound of sand. And then she basically punch into the like center of the sand, grip the tire from inside and pull the tire up out of the sand. So she wasn't even really digging. She, she basically, they had to get eight tires. The first two or three, she was sort of digging regularly, but then she figured out this strategy, this technique, where it was get as much sand off as possible, pull it through onto the next one. And it was brilliant. Like she just, she just smoked Priscilla. Like Priscilla did not effort. So I have to say, as I said, off the top of the episode, I watched the Leafs game first and then I watched Mm -hmm. the challenge and I was on social media and I saw Ashley's posts and the, all her posts made it sound like she lost because she was all like, Oh, I'm so grateful for every opportunity I've had this season so glad I got to do this season with my best friend, Amanda. And I was like, oh, okay. Shitty that I got these spoilers. But like, oh, well, it's happened before. And so then like, Ashley's crushing it. And I'm like, (laughs) man, how is Priscilla recovering? Come back from this. And then like, even at the end, I'm like, so is Ashley going to get disqualified or like... No, that's pretty good. So, but it, it 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 did come down to Ashley just coming up with a technique, much like Devin. Mm-hmm. Like the people who really succeed at this game, and I'm not even saying this to praise Devin. We see with Johnny Bananas and Wes and with CT, it's the ones that come up with effective tactics on the fly that are tailor made to the challenge and sort of blur the line of how to do so, it. So this is a great segue into my beef here. Because you mentioned blurring. I did that oh, on yeah. purpose. I'm with I just want to say. I'm with you. Picking up what you're putting down. Blur the line, as you say. I don't think the line was blurred. I don't think that they were tiptoeing the line. I think they were like tap dancing all over and across the line here. Because my beef is Ashley probably, if not disqualified, because you can't disqualify her. I at least thought it was lame as hell that the entire crew was helping her memorize the colors. To me, that is completely and utterly unfair because it's Priscilla going against everybody. And that's not fair. That's not how it's supposed to be. And I know there's been times before where the crew has helped one of the competitors in an elimination. But I don't know if I've seen it that blatantly where they read out, Ashley read out the colors and then they were making a song about it. Right. And, and, you know, going at it that way, I didn't think that was cool. I didn't like that. And it was so blatant. And because it was such a huge part, because the whole thing that I thought about this elimination was, okay, keep it close, keep it close. And as long as you keep it close, by the time you get to the puzzle, you just got to finish the puzzle faster than the other person. Right. That's a key part to this. But that's all out the window as soon as the other person starts and then now they're memorizing it for the entire crew. 
and the entire crew was singing a song yeah. and helping Ashley. That's unfair. Part of the challenge was supposed to be how well can you remember the puzzle while you're exhausted? And she didn't have to do that. And she still messed up on one of them. I just thought it was kind of lame. And I get that there's no rules against it. I get that all's fair in love, war, and challenges. I get all that. But I can get all that and still think that it's lame as hell. <laughs> so this is the end of Priscilla's uh-huh. season. What did we think of her? Because I got to tell you, she's my early pick for Rookie of the well, Year. And I truly hope she I know we're back. not here yet, but like she's my MVP of the episode. Because I just like the way that she carried oh, okay. herself on this season. I like the way that she owned her decision. She wasn't mad when they threw her in. She was just like, no, I get it. I understand. And you know what? I understand so much. I'm going to try to end this by going at the top dog, Ashley, who we had the initial beef with to begin with. So I just like the way that she carried herself on this whole season. I like that she wasn't afraid that she ended the vet alliance and made them kind of uh, have to regroup and figure out a different way to go about things. Um, She just seems like a really nice person as well. Do you know what I mean? Like super chill, super down to earth, super cool. She's obviously beautiful, but like she's also a really good competitor, I think as well. And TJ was like, we'll definitely be seeing you going forward. And I hope so. I totally agree. I think she did a really good job for her first season and she didn't really play it like a rookie, which I like. No, no, she was a really sharp player. Basically from the get go. Her disadvantage is that she's a rookie and she didn't have those built-in alliances. But she's clearly got a brilliant political Mm -hmm. mind. Uh, There is a twist coming, though. Yeah. So TJ says that Ashley can pick which team she wants Mm -hmm. to join, including the agency. So you join a team and someone else is gone. This is a great twist. Like, I love it. So good. It also leads to my line of the episode where Ashley looks at the red team, Corey's team, and goes, obviously not the Ruby team, (laughs) which is so cold-blooded. Like, I just, I love how, like, what a straight shooter Ashley is to the point of being brutal. Like, you don't even have to say that, Ashley. Like, (laughs) Right. So she chooses to stay with the Sapphires. Mm -hmm with the blue team, which is probably smart because they're not actually a bad team. And they have people on the team that she likes. She like, she really likes CT. She said earlier that she always wants to team up with CT. Uh, And it, Amanda's on that team. So right off the hop, you know, she and Nelson, I guess have a complex relationship at this point, but there's people that she gets along with. So, and you know, Ed's just a human golden yeah. retriever. So it's a, it's a team you can rock yeah. with. Yeah. And I mean, overall happy for Ashley, right? Like she has had a, a rough go the last few seasons that she's been on. And so to have this one kind of play out in a way that was, you know, an episode where everyone's rooting for her, everyone's helping her. That had to be a good feeling. And you could tell that showed. So we've heard our lines of the episode. We know your MVP is Priscilla. I don't know if there's anything you want to add to 
to your praise of Priscilla, which mm-hmm. I agree with. I think that's a great pick. I'm going to go with Ashley. Yeah. Uh, although, yeah, the lines were blurred. That wasn't her mm-hmm. doing, right? Like, it's not like she said to them, like, hey, guys, can you, like, yeah. chant the colors? Like, you, you, if you're her, you can't not take advantage of, of that. Course. I really liked, uh, like, it's nice seeing her and Amanda be such good yeah. friends. She finally won an elimination. She has a terrible elimination uh, record. Also, in deliberations, she said, you know, to be honest, like, I've always done well in finals because I have good yeah. partners. She's not mm-hmm. wrong. Like, yeah. she she's definitely, I think, the best of the women that are left in the house at running finals. Okay. But it, she she's right to recognize that luck plays a role. So I I liked her honesty there. And like I said, she also had my line of the episode. I'm just generally an Ashley fan. Nothing wrong with that. I like her in Nothing general. wrong with that. I'm a huge Smashley fan too. I got you. Where can the good people find you on social media? You can media? find me on Twitter at Shell Alexander. Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. And yeah, like and subscribe to the pod, the You Killed It pod, wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, we're on YouTube. You can see our handsome faces. You know, we got stuff going on. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Hill. Hopefully, I'll be over this cold by next You fought episode. through it. You fought through it. TJ would be Ooh, proud. I got to blow my nose in the worst way. Thank you. Thank you. Until <laughs> next week. This is You Killed It. You Killed It. It's a good thing I don't have to do that because there's no way I could right now. My head's about to explode. Uh. <laughs>